You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, please go to Matthew chapter 4. And as you're turning to Matthew chapter 4, I just want to say publicly, I have been at church. Don't worry, you have not seen me, but I was back in the radio room, and that's really rather where I would be, and I really want to be there right now. Um, but uh, thank you for, church family, your faithfulness, and uh, just being able to watch on Facebook the comments, the likes, the shares, seeing how you're engaging online, and it has been a blessing. And also just seeing the, um, the involvement with the drive-in church, and that has been a blessing. Who would have known a month ago that we would be looking forward to sitting in a car for preaching, and uh, but I'm thankful that we have that opportunity during this time. Thank you, church family, for coming to that. It'd be uh, it would be great for us to set it all up and get it ready, and then if nobody came, it'd be a little bit of a letdown. But thank you, church family, for being a part of that. Also, thank you for uh, being uh, listening to the radio. I know that Pastor a lot of times gives us uh, reports of people that are texting, that are listening, that are uh, sending encouraging text messages about the radio. And I've ran into people just even across town that aren't from our church to say that they listen to the radio. And God provided that in a wonderful timing uh, right before that this took place. And uh, just this last week, Brother Nathan and I were at Food Lion, and somebody was hearing us talk, and they said, I recognize your voice. And they were talking to Brother Nathan. And so we were trying to figure out how she had heard his voice, and we went through the list. So, well, America's Most Wanted, no, you haven't heard his voice there. <laughs> Live PD, no, maybe, I don't know. Uh, the face was blurred out, but maybe you didn't uh, recognize him there. And then all of a sudden it occurred to us, I said, Nathan, tell him what time it is. And he said, the time is 5 o'clock. She said, that's, that's what I remember right there. So, and uh, part of that's true, part of that's not true, but I have ran into people across town that listen to our radio station that aren't even from our church. So I'm thankful for the Lord providing that to us. Pastor, thank you for this opportunity to preach tonight. Uh, if we look back years down the road and we look at the, uh, the, 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 the roster sheet of how many people came to Easter at our service, you're going to have to look at who preached and you'll say, Caleb Schnurr preached, that's why it was such low attended. Uh, but uh, record-breaking service tonight, thank you for this opportunity. I don't take it lightly. Also, Pastor, thank you so much for your kind words. And uh, he, he bothers me sometimes. He talks about our staff, and it's like, stop, stop trying to do that. I'm trying to battle with pride and all that. But he started to talk about the preacher tonight, and I was starting to get excited because I thought he was introducing somebody else. And uh, then I was let down with you that he said my name there at the end, uh, but thankful for the opportunity. That was probably the nicest introduction that I've had. Uh, actually, that's probably the second nicest because one time I was preaching, the person that was supposed to introduce me didn't, so I got to introduce myself. So that was probably the nicest introduction that I had before I preached. And I'm out of jokes, and if you're not there, Matthew chapter 4, I can't help you. In Matthew chapter 4, we'll begin reading verse number 1. If I can ask you to do this, if you're driving your car, don't do this. But everybody else, that's, if you're able to, could we stand, whether you're in this building or whether you're listening by way of radio or listen on Facebook, website, let's read Matthew chapter 4. You follow along with me, and we'll begin in verse number 1. The Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you mark your Bible, circle this next word, if, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, underline these next three words, it is written, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, there's that word again, circle it, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. That's interesting. The devil is quoting scripture here. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt uh, dash thy foot against a stone. Verse 7, Jesus said unto him, underline these next three words, It is written, Again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 8, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for, underline these next three words, it is written, thou shalt, not worship, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him shalt thou serve. Verse number 11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this uh, unique opportunity that we have today to be able to worship together online. Lord, I thank you for just the many uh, people that don't normally maybe go to church, but because they have a friend of someone that attends a church that has Facebook or online website, uh, live stream, Lord, that they're able to see that because everybody's sharing it. Lord, thank you for this, this time that we have. Lord, I thank you for just even the, the, during this season of the resurrection to be able to slow us down and really truly just focus on you. And Lord, I sure do miss meeting with God's people and, and getting together, but Lord, it has just been a sweet time with just you and me celebrating the resurrection of our Savior today. Lord, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross tonight. Give me the power, the words to say tonight, Lord. And I pray that your will would be done tonight. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you. You may remain standing for the rest of the service. Now you may be seated. Now this is a very familiar portion of passage of Scripture here. And we understand that the book of Matthew, all throughout Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is portrayed as king. He was born a king. He was introduced as king, and we see here in this passage he is being tested as a king. And the recapitulation of this episode in Jesus' life, I see the setting. Jesus is here in the wilderness, and uh, the wilderness, uh, many times in Scripture, it's a picture of a place of difficulties. It's a place of pressure, a place of insufficient resources. Sounds familiar right now. Sounds like uh, maybe... Something's missing in the, on the shelf at Walmart for you. But insufficient resources, a place of opposition, a place of questions. I see our Savior in this story. He was very hungry. He was very weary. And uh, I love that they add that in there, that after 40 days of no food, that he was hungry. And uh, it's like, well, yes, of course he was. But I'm glad that it adds that in there to show us that he is not only king, but he's also man. and shows that he was hungry and he was weary. And isn't it interesting church, that the devil came to tempt him when he was weary, when he was hungry, and when he was in the wilderness. And oftentimes, most of the time, that's when the devil gets us, is when we're weary, and when we're hungry in the wilderness. And uh, you know that phrase, you're not you when you're hungry. Well, that's times two for me, especially when I haven't gotten my sleep. But we see, our, we see the setting, we see the Savior here, we also see the source. See the source that Jesus used to, uh, to fight off the devil. And we know this, and we've, we've been taught this, to use the Word of God and hide it in our heart that I might not sin against God. But I think it's very, uh, very practical that many times that it says, it is written, and he's going back to talking about Deuteronomy, and, and, and he's quoting Scripture to fight off the devil. And uh, I see that many times in my own life, 
when I am weak and I, and I, and I fall astray, it's because of my ignorance of the Word of God. And that's why it's so important each and every day to fill our life and our hearts up with the Word of God, put it to memorization, so that when the devil does come, we can fight him off with this Word of God, the source that Christ has given to us. I see Satan's responses here by way of introduction. I see that he is very subtle. He's very wise the way that he does this. You know, it, it, it says, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. In other words, the devil's telling Jesus to approve himself in a way that was not God's way. There was no attempt to tempt the Lord Jesus for any crime or any uh, sick sin that we would maybe deem as, a, as a, a terrible sin because it would not have been a real temptation because Jesus' inclination was to do good. He's saying he could not sin. No, he could sin, but his inclination was to do good. And so making stones into bread would have not been a bad thing to do, but it would have been taking him out of the will of God. That was not the way that God had for him. See, the temptation was to go outside the will of God, and many times in our own life, uh, us as Christians as well, it's not the, it's not the, 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 the major sins that we would probably uh, categorize that the, the devil gets us with, but it's just the, the simple fact of just making us step out of the will of God and thinking, taking things into our own hands and stepping out of what God intended for us. More often than not, he is causing us to step out of God's plan for our lives. Now we see that this, this portion of Scripture, he's in the wilderness, and I want to talk just a few moments tonight on the wilderness. On the wilderness. When you feel like you're at a, a time of where you're by yourself, have you ever heard the phrase, you shouldn't ask God why? You shouldn't ask God why. I've heard that before. I've even often heard that it's a sin to ask God why. And uh, I understand that concept, that the, what they're trying to say, but I tend to overthink things. And when I hear something, I, I start to think, I don't know if that's true. Let me think that one out. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate it this way. Um, at our house, we started a why jar just a couple days ago. And every time someone says why, you have to put a dollar in. And thanks to Reagan, we've raised $3.5 billion just this past week. And if only that was true about the dollars part. But uh, the point is, my daughter, she asks a lot of questions, sometimes in the wrong tone, Sometimes with the wrong attitude, let me rephrase that, oftentimes with the wrong attitude, but a lot of times she just wants to understand why. She's trying to learn. And so I don't believe that it is a sin to ask God why. God, why are you doing this? But when we start to question him and question his love for us, that's when the sin takes place. Maybe the better question should be saying, God, instead of why, maybe what are you trying to teach me? Uh, This last week, uh, we were watching uh, a movie. Uh, Yes, we do have a TV at our house. I will confess my sins tonight, but we were watching this movie, I don't know if you ever heard of it, called Toy Story, uh, Toy Story 1, and we were watching it, my, my daughter ruined my childhood as we were watching this, because it's my favorite all-time movie, and uh, she said, why can't he fly? You know, the, the scene where Buzz Lightyear climbs up on the railing, and he jumps off to go fly out the window, and he falls down, and so my wife responded back with, well, he's a toy. And we thought that was a good enough answer. And then she just replied back, well, then why can't he talk? And uh, I said, you just ruined it for me. I thought he was real. And uh, I knew he was a toy, but I thought he could talk. But, uh, you know, we, we often say maybe sometimes we shouldn't be asking God why. And I've said we should be asking him, what are you trying to teach me? I think of our greatest example, Jesus Christ. When he was on the cross, what did he say? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? See, that was the first time in Jesus' life that he experienced God turning his back because God can't look upon sin. It wasn't Jesus' sin that caused God to turn. It was 
my sin. It was your sin that put him on that cross. And Jesus experienced that broken relationship where he couldn't, uh, he was asking his God, why have you forsaken me? Well, he had not, but he couldn't, partake, he couldn't look upon that sin. Lord, what are you trying to teach me? You know, oftentimes I fail, <laughs> more oftentimes than not. But then I start to say, God, why? Why is this happening to me? And that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. Why, why is this happening to me? Why am I the only one that's going through this? And oftentimes that is not the case. Many other people have gone through that. I can't imagine, I can't imagine church losing a loved one right now during this time and not being able to gather for a funeral the way that maybe we thought would be the way. I can imagine that, but there's people in our church right now that are going through that. I can't imagine losing a job during this time. Pastor, don't get any ideas, but I can't imagine going through, but there's people right now that are going through that, that are going through those serious uh, worries. And can I just say that it, I, I, I don't understand what you're going through, but I can understand the attitude of asking God, why is this happening? It's asked, why does bad things happen to good people? It's asked when great effort produces only poor results. It's asked why you know, expected success is delayed. It's asked why do the wicked prosper when the righteous seem to struggle? We wonder why the test, even when we're doing our best. See, for me, this is the way that I function, and I think many of us are honest, we can say this as well. But if, I if I'm going through something that's a struggle, if I'm going through something that is tough, but I know at the end it's going to be okay, I know, I know the reason why I'm going through this, okay, I can get through this. But sometimes we don't really, really know what's going to happen on the other side, and we have to, that's the time we said, well, you know, the Bible answer is to trust God and obey. And uh, very easy to say that to somebody else. It's very difficult sometimes because of our flesh to live that. But I think of the verse, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I can quote that verse, I can memorize that verse, but when I start to have to practice that verse, it's like, Lord, I knew what you meant, but I really don't want to go through this. You know, are you really trying to teach me something? You see, the purpose of every test is to reveal what we understand. And what we understand, what we tend to forget. I understand that God's in control, but I forget that sometimes. I understand that I have a risen Savior, but I, I, I tend to forget that sometimes. I understand that I have a Savior that's conquered sin, that's conquered death. I have no reason to worry about tomorrow, but I, I tend to forget those things. I know that He loves me. I know that He cares for me. But then that devil comes in and says, if He loves you, why are you going through this? And that's when the sin takes place, when you start to buy into that mentality. He reminds us because we're forgetful. April 1st, 1998 is the day that I, I bowed my head and trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I remember the events leading up to it. I remember after that. I remember the conversation. I remember where I was going, where I was at. I probably wouldn't have remembered the date unless my parents wrote it down. But I, I, follow me on this thought. I know that I'm saved. I've never had any doubts about that. I know Christ saves me. I know that I put my faith and trust in Jesus, that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I know that there's no doubt about that. But then when a storm comes and a trial comes, I, I start to lose faith. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm trusting him to take me to heaven when I die. Why can't I trust him right now on this side of glory? And I need to just, I, I need those reminders sometimes. Why the wilderness test? To humble us, to prove our character, to discipline us, to strengthen us, to reveal it's not our strength that makes us prosper, but His. See, the test occurs that we will not forget God. And um, if I can use this illustration, I've probably used it before, I believe, so I'm, I apologize if you've heard this before, but I remember just about two years ago, we were actually visiting down here in North Carolina. We were in Pastor's backyard. They have a swing set back there. 
And I remember Reagan, she couldn't speak full sentences yet. She could say some words like no. Uh, that was one word that she could say. Why, I think, was another one. But uh, I remember she was pushing this swing, and when she'd push this swing, it would come back, and it was about to hit her in the face, and I would stop it. And she would get upset that I was stopping her from pushing her baby doll that was in this swing. And so she'd give it another push, and I'd stop it. And then she's like pushing me away. Dad, you know, you need to move away. So I'd move away, and then as soon as she'd push it, I'd reach back, and I'd stop the swing from hitting her, like a good dad would do. Well, she pushed me so far away that I finally said, okay, all right, let's see what happens. And so she pushed me away, and she pushed that, that, uh, that swing, and right on the nose. It got her, blood coming out of the nose, tears coming out, and I said, I told you so. No, I didn't say that. But, you know, I, I grabbed her, and I said, listen, that's why Dad was trying to help you. Dad was trying to make sure that wouldn't happen to you. And then, you know what, that was like a, uh, just a, a God moment for me. Because there's times in my life that I say, God, why are you letting this happen? I'm trying to do this, but you keep stopping it. And it's like, God, no, please, I, I want to do this on my own. And then all of a sudden, it hits me. And the Lord reminds me that wilderness, I'm in the wilderness, and God says, I'm trying to help you. You know, if it was all about uh, the victories, it was all, I, I'd rather have just victories in my life. If it was up to me growing up, I would have had ice cream for every single meal. I would have loved that. But my parents hated me, so they said, you can't have ice cream for every meal. No, but if I would have had ice cream for every meal, I would have been very sick. I wouldn't have been able to grow. I had to eat the stuff that nobody likes, but supposedly they say it helps you grow. I don't know about that. Uh, but I, if, I, if it was up to me, I would just want victories. But God says, you know what? You need this in your life. And you might not like it, but it's to help you. It's to strengthen you. It's to help you mature in the Lord. See, God allows us to lack. He supplies our need in a manner that we are not familiar with. I think about the children of Israel. If you would have asked, told them, or you told them that, hey, you're gonna ha you don't have any food, but you're going to wake up and there's going to be manna from heaven on the ground, they would have said, what are you talking about? They weren't familiar with that, but God does the unfamiliar. He allows us to be dependent upon him. He allows us to be stressed. He allows us to suffer pain. Because he wants us to remind us that he is our source of strength. He is our source of joy. And I can't tell you how many times in my own life that I just, I forget this all the time. And more often than not, why, why am I going through this? And I got to remind myself, Lord, I know, I, know that, I know that you have a purpose for this. What are you trying to teach me, Lord? Show me the way that you want me to go. Number one tonight, remember that your character should always be stronger than your circumstances. Remember that your character should always be stronger than your circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. See, we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond to it. In those moments when I choose to stop complaining and having a pity party, and then I give uh, thanks to God for the goodness of things in my life, and I start to write down maybe the bad things in my life, and I start to write down the good things in my life. You know what? Those bad things seem pretty small and insignificant. And all the good things I start to realize became a direct result for some of those bad things that I had to go through. The parts that seem bad are so significant because of the goodness of God in my life. Choose to keep a positive attitude and thankful hearts regardless of what you're going through. Again, very easy to say that, and I'm preaching that 100% to me. You know, it's, it's, it's very... Um, it's very interesting how you make a decision and you think, I'll use the example of uh, a bad temper. I'm a sore loser. I'm very competitive. I don't like to lose. And uh, when I start to think that I got control over it, all of a sudden circumstances around me reveal it. 
And uh, maybe there's something in your life that you're trying to get the victory over, and you think, man, I got this, but then God brings you through the wilderness to reveal, hey, you know what, I need to strengthen my character here. I need to get some things right. You see, God's more interested in our character than he is in our comfort. And uh, don't get me wrong for any second, God wants to bless us. God wants us uh, to not have to go through the trials, but God allows those things to draw us closer to him. Because if everything was ice cream and everything was wonderful, everything was great, he knows the way that we would be. We would forget. We would forget our God. Man cannot see his weaknesses until circumstances reveal it. Number one, remember your character should always be stronger than your circumstances. Number two, remember that God's timing is always perfect. Remember, God's timing is always perfect. Very elementary thought tonight. But I can't tell you how many times that I just, I don't like to wait. Brother Nathan, uh, he, he, went, he said some things the other, last Sunday night about Amazon Prime, and it takes longer than two days to get impatient. And uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the same way, but what really ticks me off is going behind somebody, following somebody on the road that's going 500 the speed limit. That frustrates me. And then I got somebody on my tail that's getting on, that's getting on my nerves and say, hey, I can't go that fast because the guy in front of me. I don't think that there should be red lights for me. Everybody else, that's okay, but I don't feel like I should have to stop at a red light. It's just, it frustrates me to have to stop, especially when no one's around. And uh, that'll be the time that Brother Dan would be there if I started to run the red light. Uh, but I don't think that I should have to wait at a drive-thru. I don't think that I should have to wait for my food. Uh, when the restaurants open back up again, I'll be very careful how I say this, okay? Uh, but I, I, I don't like to go to a restaurant when I have my kids and it's f like 30 minutes before they even ask what we want to drink. I am like, that's, I guess that's the Lord saying, Caleb, I'm going to reveal your character here by just having you sit there with your kids in a restaurant and try to keep your testimony. Uh, but remember that God's timing is always perfect. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an, an unexpected end. See, God's plans are always, uh, almost always different than our plans. His plans are always perfect. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are better than my ways. And we need to have the patience to wait on him instead of forcing the timing on our own. And there's many examples that we could go over tonight in the Bible and even in my own life that I have forced something instead of waiting on God. God's timing is always perfect. See, impatience is revealed when something hinders our progress. We think that this is the way that we should do it. This, we think that this is the timing, and God's trying to teach us something. Why the wilderness test? Well, remember that your character should always be stronger than your circumstances. Remember, God's timing is always perfect. Thirdly, remember that your struggles will always lead to strength. I think about just the illustration of just working out. And I know looking at me, you say, man, I know he works out. No. But uh, when, I, when I try to work out, and I, I, I try to do some exercise, and the next day I wake up, and I'm sore, or, and I feel that there's some pain there while I'm working out. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old, or I don't know if it's because I'm strengthening my muscles, but when we go through struggles, it's the Lord is trying to strengthen us. And instead of when you go through a struggle to just go to where the devil comes, comes to you and says, hey, if God loves you, why is he letting this happen? And you say, you're right, he doesn't love me. Let me just get upset at God. Let me step out of church. Let me stop reading my Bible. And uh, I'll tell you what, when I'm really upset, which doesn't happen often. My wife's not in here. Hopefully she's not listening. Uh, but when I, it's like the last thing I want to do is pray because I'm upset. And sometimes I just like being upset. And it's like, go ahead, tick me off. Let's see what happens. And then the Lord's like, Caleb, come on, calm down. We need, we need to go and you need to pray. When I'm working on a home project, my, my least favorite question is, how long do you think that will take? And those are famous last words because it always takes longer than yeah. what you think it's going to take. 
So normally it says, do you want the, do you want the Pinterest answer or do you want reality answer? Because you see these posts that you can buy something for $25 worth of supplies and get it done in 15 minutes. And for me, it's like $250 later and three weeks later. I don't know what happened there. Uh, but our, our, that, that's the timing. God's timing is perfect. Remember, your struggles always lead to strength. Every difficulty in our life, whether it's big or whether it's small, is something that God will produce more strength in our life. Again, very easy to say, very easy to say amen to, but then going through it, it's another story. So I want to remind us during this time, your struggles will always lead to strength. Our pain has a purpose. We quoted that verse already, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. See, pride is revealed when we are forced to do something small. We think, man, I don't really need to do that but that's when our pride is revealed. Stubbornness is revealed when we are forced to do something that we don't really want to do. Our lack of faith is revealed when we are required to do more than we think we're able to. But we serve a God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we are able to ask or think. That was Caleb Schnur's version of that verse. Number four, remember that God will never, ever leave your side. We know that. We quote the verse often. But there's many times that I, and I've already uh, alluded to this, I feel like I'm the only one going through this. I feel like my kids are the only ones that do this. I feel like that our marriage is the only reason that this happens. I feel like that our car is the only one that stuff breaks down in. But you know, sometimes that's an exactly what the devil wants us to think. But no, there are many people that are going through things. And we could read from the Bible what they went through and what they, how they conquered that. But I started to think, and that's what the devil wants. You're alone. You're the only one going through this. Nobody cares. And even if nobody that you could see does not care. The Lord cares. The Lord loves you. You may feel like he left your side, but no, that is the complete opposite. He is right there wanting. He's wanting to help you. Even with my own children, I, 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 I want to help them. I want to get in there and I want to make sure that you know, they don't hurt themselves and do all these things. But like I said, sometimes you got to just, college of hard knocks is what my, my grandpa always used to say. But uh, sometimes I feel like that in my own life, I get to that point where I say, God, why is this happening to only me? And he reminds me, he says, no, be, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with me. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. In closing, I'd like to say this. Right now, going through this wilderness, and I think this is very applicable right now because a lot of us are going through something very similar. Many of us are going on different levels of what we're going through right now. But the world is watching. Unsaved is watching us during this time. And uh, I, would be, I would be a liar to say that I have not been fearful, that I have not been worried, uh, that I have not been questioning the way that I probably shouldn't have. But the world is right now at this point where lives need to be changed, people need to be delivered, relationships need to be mended, families need to be healed, souls need to be saved. They are looking to find something and they're looking at us. Yeah. And they're saying, is that real? What you're talking about, that Jesus Christ? I hope we're talking about Jesus Christ. Is he, is he really all that you say that he is? And if we are succumbing to what the devil is, asking, is, is tempting us to do, they're going to see that's exactly what they're used to. They're going to see the, the, the broken lives. They're going to see the heartache, the pain. They're going to see the fighting, the struggling. Well, that's our own flesh, that's our own sin nature, but it's important that our witness to the world does not look like the world's witness. They must see something different. They need to see something unlike they already have. I wonder, church family, what do people see when they look at you? 
And uh, I'll tell you what, it's uh, many times for me, it's, it's just hold my tongue. And uh, you know, those, those two words that you're not supposed to say, but you're supposed to practice them, shut up. You're not supposed to say those things, but you know, if you practice that, people can't put words in your mouth. And uh, oftentimes our tongue is what gets us in trouble. Do people find in your lives people struggling to get along? Do they find people that are self-centered? Do they find more imprisonment? That's stuff that they already know. That's stuff that they already have. Because if we don't have what's different, they're not going to stay very long. What does this world need? They need Jesus. They need the love of God. They need something that could put their families, their marriages, their relationships back together. They need something that can help and heal them. And we have the answer. That's Jesus Christ. But if, it's not, if they're seeing a completely different story in our own lives, it's, not gonna, it's gonna hurt the message. Let me close with this thought, why? We ask that question, why? God, if you love me, why are you letting this happen? Those questions make Satan very happy. Satan turns truth into doubt with that little word, if. If thou art the son of God. See, Satan and Jesus both knew that he was the son of God, but he still came with that question. Everybody around Jesus for the most part, knew that he was the Son of God. Yet when he was alone in the wilderness, Satan tempted him with something he absolutely knew was true. I know that God loves me. I know God cares for me. I know God saved me. But then I get in the wilderness and I get a question to me and all of a sudden I start to question some things that I should not be questioning because I know that it's true. The devil's winning. The devil wins when that happens. And I just told you a little bit ago, I hate losing. I want, I want to win. But there's so many times that I just I give in to that thought. And if the Lord loves me, why am I going through this? You know what? We need to take that word if out and just say, you know what? The Lord does love me. Thus it is written, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When the devil comes, he says, God doesn't care for you. He says, no, he cares for me. He tells me to cast all my care upon him for he careth for me. Thus it is written, thus saith the Lord. We must stand firmly on the truth of the scripture in Christ. We know that God is always with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, my character should always be stronger than my circumstances. His timing, i got to remember, it's perfect. i got to remember his struggles, the struggles I go through will lead to strength, and God will never leave us because it's written. He promises that. God doesn't love our suffering. He loves us. He will walk us through the darkest valley. He will never leave us. And when God brings trials into our life, don't question don't question God. Don't allow the devil to give, don't give place to the devil. Don't say, yeah, if God loves me, why is this happening? Realize that God's doing something breathtaking in your life. God's doing something amazing in you, through you, and for you. Everything that happens is filled with a divine purpose. Every trial that we endure, you know, I think about just even this coronavirus. Did God ordain this? I don't know, but I know that he allowed it. I know that there's a reason for it. Uh, just even some of the things that just in my own life I have a different perspective on, I have a different appreciation for. Uh, I love coming to church, but it's not the same with everybody here. I have a better appreciation for that. And I'm looking forward to the time that we get to uh, gather once again. And one day when our faith becomes sight, we're going to thank him for every difficulty that we've gone through. Very easy to say, some very easy points that we know to be true, but what's another thing when we're going through that wilderness to practice. I'm so thankful for our perfect example of Jesus Christ when he was very weary, he was very hungry, he was, very, he was in the wilderness, that he used the word of God. And, they, and, and when he came in, when the devil came in and he actually misquoted the scripture, he left out a very important part of that passage on purpose. He was twisting the scripture. But then God, God Jesus Christ comes back and says, no, it is written. And uh, so I just want to challenge our church family. 
to, uh, to, to just dive into the Word of God during this time. We have more time to be able to do that. Now, I say that we have more time. I know there's other things, other distractions around us at home. I understand that. But don't, don't use this time to, to, to start to question God and say, man, if he loves me, why is this happening? I'm the only one going through this. I just want to say that if, no, if you think nobody cares, well, just know that God cares. God cares for you. And uh, so that, that's the, the thought tonight with don't ask God why, but ask him what. And when and Satan comes in and he says if, say, no, it is written. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.